Hello. Anybody that doesn't know it, our pastor is stuck at a railroad track right now. <laughs> and so we're going to kind of wait on him because I didn't expect to do a message tonight. And you probably don't want to hear me sing. So <laughs> let's, let's wait a little bit and see if we can't get things rolling. Okay.
right, it's good to be in the Lord's house tonight, amen? Oh, that was enthusiastic, boy, I'm telling you. Let me try one more time. It's good to be in the Lord's house. That's better, that's better. I apologize for my tardiness. Um, I got stuck behind a train. So I tried to beat it by going a different direction, and, well, the train tracks run that way too, so which actually just made it that much longer. But, amen, the Lord had a reason, and now I need a red-backed hymnal. Thank you, brother. Turn to 113 in your red-backed hymnal, 548 in the blue book, Glory to His Name tonight, page 113 this evening. That's why we're here, to honor the name of the Lord this evening. So let's lift it up tonight. Let's all stand. Across the house. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where for cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His name. Glory. blood applied glory to his name on the second now I am so wondrously saved from sin Jesus so sweetly abides within there at the cross where he took me in glory to his name the blood applied glory to his name on the third now oh precious fountain that saved from sin I am so glad I have entered in there Jesus saves me and keeps me clean glory to his name Glory to His name, glory to His name, there to my heart was the blood applied, glory to His name, and the last now, come to this fountain so rich and sweet, cast thy poor soul at the sake yours feet plunge in today and be made complete glory to his name glory to his name glory to his name there to my heart was the blood applied glory to his name 
all God's people said. You can be seated. We'll just sing one song tonight since we're running a little behind. Amen. There's nothing that says we have to sing two songs, right? Amen. A lot of times we get in this routine thinking that we have to do this and we have to do that, but sometimes it's good for us to just mix things up a little bit. Amen. But um, again, appreciate your presence tonight. If I'm a little distracted here, I'm looking just kind of keeping... Um, Keeping the watch on, on the weather, we've got some storms getting ready to move in, and with when it comes to these kids, we want to make sure we keep them safe. So, um, uh, again, if for some reason uh, we've got a tornado watch that's been issued west of us, but it's not quite uh, here in our county, so if for some reason we get some kind of weather alert, you let me know so we can make proper um, provisions for the kids. They're in a good place downstairs. <laughs> Amen. Do what? Yeah, I would think that would be a good place to be. But anyway, we just, you never know. Uh, so we want to try to do our diligence. Uh, Jake, could you get me some water, please, sir? Thank you, brother. All right. Hope everybody's having a good week. Uh, I know, I don't know about anybody else. It's been a busy week for myself, but it's been a good week, productive week. And uh, Lord continues to bless and uh, as we move right into uh, uh, the month of April, and that means tax season's here. Praise God, if you hadn't done your income tax, you better get them done. Uh, a lot of other things going on. Easter's coming, coming up right around the corner just in a couple of weeks. And um, we've got revival um, that'll, that'll, that'll begin at the 1st of May. So uh, it's going to be a busy couple of months. April and May, we've got a lot of things um, uh, on the schedule, and we'll be saying more about that over the next uh, uh, couple of weeks anyway. But I'm excited about what God's doing in our church. Amen. And I know we're a little bit down tonight, number-wise, but that's okay. We've got some things, uh, some people that are not feeling well and sickness and that sort of thing. So uh, I believe God's got uh, here who He wants here, and um, I believe we can still um, receive a blessing this evening. Uh, and uh, those of us who are here, we need to be quick to offer uh, up our praise as unto the Lord. Amen? Amen. He certainly is worthy of all the praise we could ever uh, bestow upon Him. So um, just by way of announcement, do remember that due to uh, the special love offerings that we received this past Sunday, that we'll, uh, we'll uh, take up the youth offering uh, this upcoming Sunday, a little off schedule there, but we'll take up the youth offering this upcoming uh, Sunday. So remember that. Um, again, um, and uh, I think that's that's the only announcement I'm going to mention tonight. We'll just move right along through it. We've got some other things we could say. We'll take up a building fund offering tonight, so don't forget about that. Building fund offering here in just a few moments. Uh, by way of prayer request, we've got a lot, a lot of people we need to remember in prayer. Uh, continue to remember Kim Cannon as she's progressing from her sickness. Remember her in prayer. Uh, we need to remember Sam Stillner in prayer tonight. Sam uh, uh, texted me and said he wasn't feeling well and wouldn't be able to come. So remember him. Remember mom and dad as both of them have been under the weather. Um, I hope they've not been hitting on each other, praise God. But uh, amen. They're both sick. So remember mom and dad in prayer. Uh, maybe the um, most uh, urgent request that we have tonight is little Kaylee. Uh, wait a minute. Callie. Excuse me. Callie. That's Linda Coggins' granddaughter as she was admitted into the hospital 
the night before last, and um, she's been having stomach issues, some very, very bad uh, acid reflux and different things. Hadn't been eating much uh, in right at a month now. So they've uh, admitted her at Children's Hospital uh, in Johnson City, and um, she, um, uh, they, they run an upper GI test on her yesterday, and I believe uh, pretty much everything come out normal there, but they did some further testing this or today, and I think one of the tests lasted about four hours in length. So uh, we just need to pray for her and Linda, and uh, boy, I tell you, when you've got a little one sick, uh, that's a different ball game, amen? So remember Callie, I love her to death, and it uh, uh, just breaks my heart to see uh, her not feeling well. Uh, continue to remember Tiffany Powers, remember Miss Dolores, as she is um, still up in um, uh, Virginia. Remember uh, Miss Tiffany, this is Dolores' daughter, and she's got some things going on. Um, let's see, other prayer requests. Uh, continue to remember Kathy Roten, her dad. In prayer, he needs the Lord as uh, he's, his wife just passed away. Continue to remember him in prayer. Remember uh, Pam Bryson and Miss Peggy and that family. Uh, continue to remember uh, the Jeff Salsman family. Uh, again, Lyle's um, uh, cousin, as, as we requested prayer for him on Sunday, and he passed away late si Sunday night, early uh, Monday morning. So remember him in prayer. Re also remember the Joyce Pounders family. This was Kim Cannon's stepmother, as um, she'd been sick, but she also passed away uh, the first of the week. Uh, so remember her in prayer. Continue to remember Pam Ward. Uh, remember uh, Anthony and Joanne, as they're not able to be here tonight. Uh, Michael did make it back safe and sound from Florida, and they just had a really long day. So uh, uh, they said just remember them in prayer tonight. So remember, um, uh, remember Anthony and Joanne. We sure do miss them when they're not here. Remember Jackie Lyons, this is a co-worker of D. Dunbar. Uh, remember um, Kathy Riddle. Uh, remember uh, Amanda Hardin. Uh, remember uh, Wade and Keisha Lane. Uh, remember F Fern Weichel. Uh, requests come uh, in through the live stream uh, Sunday night. Remember uh, Lexus, Trey, and Caleb Lee. Remember uh, Justin Freshour. This is Randy uh, Freshour's son that needs our prayers. Uh, remember uh, my cousin Richie Waddell also that needs prayers. This is just some that's been mentioned. You may have some that you'd like to give tonight. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that, Lyle. This is uh, Calvin Holt, Michael. Uh, Barnes uh, uh, uncle and uh, that's your cousin right that passed away I know Calvin her knew him so remember this request in prayer Miss Jeannie also as she's not feeling well this evening somebody else Remember Chris in prayer? Other, other requests tonight? 
continue to remember the situation in Ukraine as uh, it just continues uh, to worsen. And uh, we need to remember uh, those citizens and all that are being affected by that. Lord willing, we'll say a little bit more about that during tonight's message. But remember uh, all those that are being affected there. Pray for our nation as, uh, well, I tell you, America is in need. Uh, you just, I don't know about anybody else, but I dread looking at the headlines from day to day. It just, I uh, uh, don't know that we could have ever thought that we'd end up where we're at tonight. But uh, the truth is it could get worse. Uh, unless we turn back to God. So we need to pray for our, our nation and uh, so many things going on. But uh, any other needs tonight before we go to the Lord in prayer? Yeah, go ahead, Bruce. Remember Bruce uh, Stafford Jr. This is uh, Bruce's son over in Germany. And uh, uh, again, the economy's not good there. And uh, boy, I believe all of this points towards uh, the desperation of our world, moving towards the one world government. Uh, just uh, the stage is being set for the appearance of the Antichrist. And uh, in a way, that's scary, but it, uh, for, for God's people, it should excite us. Amen. It's about going home time. Amen. Any others tonight? Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Immigration situation, and um, I'll tell you what we need to, to, to pray. We need to pray. I, I do believe God is raising up some people, and when I say raising up some people, I'm not just talking about uh, spiritual leaders, preachers, but uh, government, uh, people running for office, whether it be here locally and uh, or on the national level. Um, and we need to pray for those who have the courage to take a stand. Because I'll tell you, when they take a stand against this evil that's going on and that we see, I mean, there's a target uh, put on their back. And um, uh, their opponents will do everything that they possibly can to stop them and to, to shut them down. Amen. So, And we need to support them. We need to encourage them, those who are willing to take a stand. Because I promise you, they're facing a fight that we can't even imagine. Amen. Any others tonight? Unspoken requests by the uplifted hand. Lost loved ones we need to remember in prayer. Let's remember our missionaries. We had a wonderful Sunday promoting missions this past uh, Lord's Day. And we just need to pray for all of our missionaries that are working uh, on the foreign field. Sharing the gospel. Amen. We'll gather around the altar at this time. You can join us if you'd like. If not, pray there in your seats, please. Jake, lead us in prayer, brother. Father, we thank you, God, tonight, Lord, for this another day that we've had.
just to come into your house. Lord, worship you, Father, in spirit and in truth. Father, this is the day that the Lord has made. And Lord, I pray that you help us to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I was glad when they said unto the Lord, let us go into your house, Father. God, Lord, I pray tonight that you just uh, help us to spend a little time this evening. God, clearing our minds, God, of everything that the devil Lord, would put in front of our paths to distract us, to hinder us and keeping us from fulfilling your will. Uh, Lord, in and through our lives, God, I pray that you bless the youth downstairs, every child that's here, Lord, every teacher and every worker. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that you brought this way. God, uh, Lord, I pray that just for a little while we'd share the truth of the gospel with them. And Lord God, I pray, uh, Lord, that the seed of the gospel might be planted in their hearts and uh, God bring forth fruit unto salvation. Dear Jesus, is my prayer. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that you'd uh, uh, bless the service upstairs, God. Lord, help me tonight as I share your word. And, uh, God, that I do so in spirit and in truth. And, uh, Father, I pray that, uh, Lord, that you'd uh, help prepare us, God, for service of Sunday as you give us uh, leadership and guidance, Lord. Oh, Father, tonight, have you will in your way. Look in our midst, work in our hearts. Lord, bless the weather situation, Father, Lord, and, uh, God, pray that uh, you keep our kids safe and, uh, Lord, those who might uh, stand in the way of the storms, Father. Lord, I pray for these prayer requests. I pray, Lord, that you bless Kim, Lord. I pray, Father, uh, Lord, that you bless Callie, Lord. I pray, Father, uh, Lord, for Tiffany Powers. I pray, God, for uh, Chris. Lord, I pray for Kathy Roten and her daddy, Lord. I pray, God, for uh, Pam Bryson. And, uh, Lord, I pray for the Jeff Salsman. Pray for the Joyce Pounders family. Pray for mom and dad, Lord, tonight. Pray for uh, Pam Ward. I pray for Anthony and Joanne and Michael. Pray for uh, Jackie Lyons, Lord. I pray, Father, for uh, Kathy uh, uh, Riddle. I pray for uh, Lord Amanda Harding, Lord. I pray for Kurt Michael. I pray for uh, uh, Justin and uh, Randy Freshour and my cousin Richie. Bless them. Lord, I pray for uh, uh, Lord other requests tonight. I pray for uh, Jeannie uh, Cutshaw. I pray for the Calvin Holt family. I pray for uh, uh, Chris. I pray, God, for Bruce Stafford Jr. and the economy in Germany. I pray for the, 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 uh, the immigrant situation in Texas. And Lord, all of our leaders, God, those who are willing to take a stand against evil, God, in our world today, help us to put all of our efforts behind them
with me, if you will, to Jeremiah chapter 16 tonight. Jeremiah 16. While you're turning, if you wonder why I'm not wearing a coat, see, what you don't understand is Holly dresses me. Now, any of you other men, your wives dress you. At least I'm willing to admit it. Scott says, nope, don't happen. Amen. Well, she don't dress me. I mean, I dress myself, but she picks my clothes out. Amen. So, we won't go into the why that's the case. Sarah's just shaking her head, amen. Listen, the problem is I don't know where my clothes are. All right? Do what? Lord, have mercy. I am having a time tonight. Jake, would you go downstairs and see if I left some notes on my desk? I've got the wrong message here. No, never mind. I got it. I got it. Hallelujah. I'm going crazy. So back to the story of, of, of why I'm not wearing a sports jacket. I've got one. But this one... Well, let me just show you. All right. So she picked the wrong one out, okay? So. Maybe she's showing you a hand. Maybe she. Oh, my goodness. See, here's what happened. Y'all just killed a spirit. Uncle Kenny, you just killed a spirit. I hope you know that. When I lost all that weight last year, I got I, I got rid of all of my big guy clothes. Yes, hopefully to deter me from gaining weight. But you saw how that works. So, uh, amen. Let's let's get off that. Amen. Y'all pray for your pastor. Amen. All right, Jeremiah chapter sixteen. I'm not going to read the entire chapter this evening. I'm just going to read the first few verses because I've got something specific that the Lord's put on the heart. And I need your prayers because unless the Lord changes my mind, this is the direction that we're going to go Sunday as well. Uh, maybe in a little different format, but pretty much along the same lines. I'm not really looking forward to it. Um, you know, when I decided to do this study in the book of Jeremiah, I'm not sure I realized what I was getting into. Um, you know, I do that, and, and there's different types of study. We all know that, but... Most of my preaching down through the years, a lot of it's been book by book and chapter by chapter and verse by verse If no, for no other reason to hold myself accountable instead of riding my own hobby horses and just let the Word of God uh, preach, preach itself, amen. But um, So, again, uh, and then we preach it as God gives it to us, which is, can be a, uh, sometimes, like I said, you're biting off more than you can chew. But let's read tonight, let's, let's, let's read a few verses and we'll just see uh, how far the Lord would have us to go. Verse number 1, the Bible says, The word of the Lord came also unto me, saying, Thou shalt, shalt not take thee a wife, neither shalt thou have sons or daughters in this place. For thus saith the Lord concerning the sons and concerning the daughters that are born in this place, and concerning their mothers that bear them, and concerning their fathers that begat them in this land. They shall die of grievous deaths. 
They shall not be lamented, neither shall they be buried. But they shall be as dung upon the face of the earth, and they shall be uh, consumed by the sword and by the famine, and their carcasses shall be meat for the fowls of heaven and for the beasts of the earth. Uh, for thus saith the Lord, Enter not into the house of mourning, neither go lament nor bemoan them. For I have taken away my peace from this people, saith the Lord, even loving kindness and mercies. Both the great and the small shall die in this land. They shall not be buried. Neither shall men lament for them, nor cut themselves, nor make themselves bald for them. Uh, amen. And that's speaking of the Jewish rite that uh, one of the... Uh, one of uh, the rites of mourning, you know, showing that they were mourning over, over tragedy was the shaving of the head. Uh, Jeremiah was forbidden to do that. He said, Neither shall men tear themselves for them in mourning to comfort them for the dead. Neither shall men give them the cup of consolation uh, to drink for their fathers or for their mothers. Thou shalt not also go into the house of feasting to sit with them to eat to, or, or, and to drink. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because... Well, let's just quit reading right there. All right, let's quit reading right there and we'll uh, move further next week. Father in heaven, I love you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house and to worship you. And, and Father, thank you, God, Lord, that uh, even with a small number tonight, God, we can still uh, experience your presence. And, Lord, we can still, uh, Lord, uh, uh, Lord, just rejoice in your goodness and all the things you do for us. Lord, again, keep our kids safe tonight. and. And Lord, uh, so many burdens, God, so many, um, God, so many thoughts that are going through our minds about where we're at. But God, help us to keep our focus on the gospel. And Lord, um, Lord, there's things that we can't control. There's things we can't change. Some things are out of our hands. But God, Lord, um, it doesn't change uh, the commission that's been given to us, Lord, to go into the world and preach the gospel. Lord, honor your word tonight, help me to share the truths that you've given to me, Lord, and help me to do so with a burden, God, and uh, Lord, to do so, God, uh, and under the anointing and the unction of the Holy Spirit. We're going to praise you for who you are and what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me, let me read a couple other verses at the end, towards the end of the chapter. Um, let's see. Uh, all right, verse 14 of chapter 16. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall be no more said, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whither he hath driven them. Uh, and I will bring them again into their land that I gave into their fathers. I have entitled uh, this chapter. All right, Jake, I'm ready to go now. I've entitled this chapter, How Will We Be Remembered? Or What Will We Be Remembered For? And I take it from this verse number 16, uh, excuse me, um, um, verse 14, where uh, God's telling Jeremiah, you know, uh, what was one of the greatest uh, events that transpired in all Israel was the deliverance uh, out from under Egyptian bondage. God delivered His people. And that's just one of those, uh, it, it, was a, it was a sense of, of, of national patriotism, kind of like our 4th of July holiday. You know, it was, a, it was a sense of national pride, so to speak, as they celebrated the Passover. 
uh, amen, and how that the death angel came upon Egypt, but God delivered His people and used, uh, amen, used that plague to deliver God's people out from uh, Egyptian bondage. But what the Lord is, is saying here and speaking through Jeremiah is that in spite of, of all the great things that God had done for, for Israel, and we even um, cataloged some of those a couple of weeks ago. We preached to the young people uh, all the things you know that God had done for His people and how that we need to teach uh, the younger generation that they might set their hope in God and not forget the wondrous works of God. Amen? But in spite of that, what uh, the Lord was saying to Jeremiah was in spite of the great history and heritage of the nation and all the mighty things God had done, they were not going to be remembered for those things. But instead, the nation was going to be remembered for the judgment that was getting ready to fall uh, upon them. In other words, they were not going to be remembered for their liberation, amen, but for their condemnation. And that's a sobering thought, especially the day that we're living in. And again, we're trying to, to, to parallel God's dealing with Judah. Uh, again, His chosen people and, and this cycle of judgment, sin, judgment, repentance. You know, and again, what we see taking place and transpiring in our own land of America. Uh, and you know, I, I think across the world, at least over the last 300 years, you say, well, Brother Nick, what... Uh, will America be remembered by? Well, up to this point in her his history, she'll be known as the land of the free and the home of the brave. Known for her liberty. Uh, a, a nation that has championed freedom and liberty, not just within the confines of her own borders, but all across the entire world. But could it be that what is just over the horizon, lay, what, what is laid up in store for America that you and I can't see uh, yet. And again, I'm not talking about liberation. I'm talking about condemnation, judgment upon our land over our sin that, that I'm talking about in the history books. And is there even such a thing nowadays? Amen. But uh, all across the world, when, when the world thinks of America... Uh, just like with Judah, the world didn't remember Judah for the deliverance from the Red Sea and the manna and all the miracles that occurred and all the great things that were done and under King David. But the world remembered Israel and remembered Judah for the Babylonian captivity and the great judgment that fell upon her and over her sins. Could it be that 300 years from now, uh, over in China or over in Europe, if the world stands, we don't know when Jesus is coming, but if time stands, could it be that America is not remembered for her liberation but for her condemnation? Amen. Not as being the champion uh, of the free world that she's been for all these years, but could it be that something, uh, something is just over the horizon that you and I can't see that would, that would make all of the great accomplishments and feats that have, that have occurred in this nation make them pale in comparison to what lies ahead for us. All right? That's kind of the thought that, that God's trying to get across uh, in this chapter. But in this chapter, God is speaking to Jeremiah. And again, these are, these are words given in under the, the, the spirit of inspiration. The first part of the chapter is towards Jeremiah personally 
And then the second part is to Judah nationally. But three things that God for, is forbidding, actually four things that God is forbidding Jeremiah to do. And the reason God is forbidding these things uh, and saying, Jeremiah, this is, I'm restricting you from this. This is off limits for you. These are normal things that everybody else is able to do, but you are not. He's doing that because God is wanting to use these restrictions that he's set, setting forth in Jeremiah's life uh, as, as a way to illustrate and to get the attention of God's people. Right, so these four restrictions are as follows. First of all, he's forbidding Jeremiah to marry. Uh, uh, he said you can't get married, you can't take a wife. You've got to live a life of celibacy. That might have been a blessing right now. I'm just kidding. Amen. Praise God. All right. The first one was God forbid him to marry. I'm glad my wife ain't up here. Hallelujah. The second one is God was forbidding Jeremiah to have children. Blessing number two. Hallelujah. Now, amen. Those are two restrictions. God is saying, Jeremiah, it, it is off limits. It would be a sin for you to take a wife. And it would be a sin for you to have kids. Now what we've got to understand that for the Jewish people, there was a great form of pride in both of those things. In fact, for a man not to be married by the age of 20 as a Jew, uh, a curse was put in, uh, in over him by the priests. All right, That's how big of a deal marriage was to the Jewish people. If a man wasn't married by the age of 20, uh, he would be placed in under a curse by the priest. Secondly, uh, amen, uh, the Jews took great uh, pride in their lineage. Uh, amen. In fact, not only the importance of having children, but especially for the males to have a man-child so that he could pass his name down from one generation to the next. So these were two important privileges and two important things, you know, as it relates to your standing in society for a Jew. But yet God was forbidding his prophet to marry or to have kids. Two other things that God is restricting Jeremiah from as it's recorded uh, for us in the, the first part of chapter number 16 of the book of Jeremiah. He was also restricting him from going to the funeral home. He said, Jeremiah, I will not allow you. You are, not, you are forbidden to, to go to the funeral home and mourn over the deaths of your loved ones. Now that may seem odd to us, but yet as we study the chapter, uh, we're going to find that God's revealing, He's saying that during the time of judgment, during the time of the Babylonian captivity, when Nebuchadnezzar invades the land, uh, the people will be slain, especially the children, the, the, wife, the women, the children, and the, the seniors. Uh, the innocents of the land, so to speak, they're going to be slain. Now this is not the Gentiles, this is not the heathen. This is God's chosen people. The innocents will be slain and, and, and the brutality will be so intense that there will be neither time nor place to bury the dead or to mourn over the death. There will be so much death in the land that there will not even be an opportunity, no, no, no time, uh, no, no, uh, uh, no time or place to mourn over the deaths of the loved ones. And, and so God was forbidding Jeremiah uh, to mourn over the deaths of his loved ones as a way to illustrate the judgment that was getting ready to fall. Finally, he was uh, forbidden to, uh, to attend a, a, a wedding ceremony or a wedding feast. 
Why? Because for the Jewish people, um, uh, the wedding was, was uh, even more significant than it is in our society and in our culture today. And it was a time to where not just the families, but really the entire town, uh, you know, celebrated and rejoiced over the marriage between the two individuals. It was an ultimate time of rejoicing and celebration. Jeremiah was forbidden to partake of that because when the judgment fell, when the Babylonians entered into the city, there would be no time or place not only for mourning over the dead, but rejoicing over those who are married. Um, isn't that odd? Isn't that strange? But again, God is doing this to try to get, to use Jeremiah as an illustration and to get the attention of the people of the land. And that reminds me, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. And the people will be going on with their normal lives just like they always did. Uh, amen. Get marrying and giving in marriage. Uh, right up until the very day that the floods came, they're going to be uh, operating their lives normally as if nothing strange or unusual was, will, was taking place until the flood came and took them all away. That's the way it's going to be when judgment falls. You know, it, it strikes me, and I'm just trying to introduce things tonight, and I, don't, I hope, I, I'm not even sure I'm going to get to where I want to get to tonight, but it strikes me that in our world today, uh, and, and, and Mike mentioned it tonight about the border crisis, you know, what's going on in Ukraine, uh, you know, gas prices, inflation costs, and all of these things that are taking place. Again, a slow and a gradual, um, uh, you say, preacher, what's going on? Well, we're inching ever closer and closer to a national calamity and catastrophe. Not, and can I say not just nationally, but globally? Brother Bruce mentioned it today with Germany. And uh, I, I'm, I, I'm telling you, this war in Ukraine has the entire world turns up, turned upside down on its head. Of course, we know it's all according to the plan of God, right? But yet, this world is more uncertain. It's a ticking time bomb. And all of these things, it's just moving us gradually and slowly closer and closer to uh, a point of no return. I think that's the phrase we could use. A point of no return. But you know what most people, including most Christians, are doing? We're just going about our daily business as if nothing, nothing's taking place. We're, it's almost like we're in a state of denial. Because we have been used to our, the way, uh, our way of life for so long and for so many years that, again, we just really can't fathom or comprehend that things could somehow be different than what they've always been. When in reality, we see it changing. We see, uh, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the seasons. Now, it's not as much that way now as what it used to be, but used to, season change was gradual rather than sudden. In other words, it's not as if one day it's 80 degrees outside, the next day it's 30 and snowing, kind of like it does now, amen? But used to, it was gradual, so you didn't recognize it. Until all of a sudden you woke up one day and said, wow, it's winter. Uh, wh where did fall go? You, you understand where I'm? It's kind of the same way with the world. We don't realize that uh, there, is a, there is a global change that is occurring. Uh, there's a word they use, and I can't think of it right, right offhand. 
Uh, can somebody think of it? It's a, um, a, so there you go. Amen. And a shift, is that, don't they use the word shift? A global shift? That's, see, everybody recognizes it. Even the, even the, even the, the evil uh, agenda, they recognize that there is a shift and a, a convergence taking place, but yet they don't really understand that all they're doing is uh, they're being pawns in the hand of God. Amen. To bring us to a fulfillment uh, uh, of everything that the Bible has foretold and prophesied. All right. So let me get to where I'm going real quick tonight. And let me just say that unless God changes my mind, this is just an introduction of what we're going to look at Sunday morning. I really need your prayers as I prepare for Sunday morning's message because God has burdened my heart that this will be a very important service and a very important message. But um, specifically, again, verse number 2, Thou shalt not take thee a wife. God had forbidden him to get married. Um, but verse number 2, Neither shalt thou have sons or daughters in this place. He was forbidding him to marry. Verse number 3, In inclusion, For thus saith the Lord, Concerning the sons and concerning the daughters that are born in this place, and concerning their mothers that bear them, and concerning their fathers that begat them in the land. He was getting ready to share information with Jeremiah regarding the future of the women, the children, and the seniors of the land. Alright, so what's the information that he's getting ready to share with them? They shall die of grievous deaths. And I'm not talking about the guilty. Now again, we studied in the last chapter that you know, if you were looking for one person to blame, and it's, it always takes two to tango, amen. It, it can never be one person's fault. But kind of the, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, with Judah was the reign of Manasseh. And, and specifically, it was Manasseh uh, who erected the golden, or excuse me, the bronze image Moloch in the valley of Hinnom, just outside uh, within viewing distance of the temple itself. And again, he, he raised this, this idol of Moloch, a false god, which was as, the absolute form of blasphemy. It's, like, it's as if, uh, amen, Manasseh was shaking his very fist in the face of God and daring God to do something about it. Well, God was getting ready to do something about it. Uh, and again, they were offering their children, they were heating these bronze arms of this God Moloch up and literally fly, frying their own children on the the on the on the uh, the heated up arms of Moloch, this false god in the valley of Hinnom. Well, they shall die of grievous death. So let me just share some things tonight to whet your appetite. And I almost had Jake. Jake asked me before I, I pulled out the van, "What do you want the title of the message to be?" And I almost entitled it, "What will happen to the children." Um, but I, I, I saved that because, Lord willing, that will be the title of Sunday morning's message. But even the innocent, the most vulnerable, and those who were unable to protect themselves would suffer horrors, terrors, and atrocities of impending judgment that was getting ready to fall upon the land. Can I give you a description of what... And, and I'd rather not do this, but sometimes we need to hear it even though we don't want to. Um, psalm 137, 8 and 9, this is a psalm written concerning Babylon. Again, the Babylonians were the ones that invaded Judah in the first place. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed? Happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. So in other words, the psalmist was, 
really prophesying a judgment that was getting ready to fall upon Babylon in the same way. In other words, God was getting ready to do to Babylon what Babylon had did to Judah. All right? So what did Babylon do to Judah? Well, happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth the little ones against the stones. Uh, God was informing the Babylonians that he was getting ready to do to them according to what they had done and how they had treated the children of Jerusalem and Judah when they had invaded the land. Of course, this is after. This is, we're kind of fast-forwarding. Again, what the psalmist is writing in Psalm 137 is looking back on what Jeremiah is prophesying in chapter 16. The fate that the children of Judah, God's chosen people, not the Babylonians, had suffered because of the sins of the older generation, and specifically Manasseh, was that the Babylonians took many of the Hebrew babies, toddlers and young people by the legs and literally bashed their heads against the walls of the city, splattering their blood and brains all over the ground. So what happened to the children of Judah? That's hard for us to fathom, isn't it? Um, and you know, as hard as it for, is for us to understand, God let it happen. And I got news for you, He was 100% right, holy, and just for doing so. Uh, let me read some scripture. I'm just getting, this is what God has been dealing with me all, with all afternoon, and maybe that explains why I'm kind of just coming here all, because God really shook me up over this. But He probably didn't shake me up nearly as much as He should have. Exodus 34, 6 and 7, The Lord passed by before Him Moses. This is on Mount Sinai when Moses asked the Lord to show Him His glory, and God let him see his hinder parts. And then God uh, gave Moses the law. And he said, The Lord, the Lord, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Amen. I'm thankful that that's how God is. But here's the flip side of that coin. And that will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and the fourth generation. This is referred to as the generational curse. And there is such a thing as a generational curse. And biblically speaking, future generations of children and grandchildren will suffer the consequences of the sins of their parents and grandparents. And that's the Word of God. That's why it's so vitally important for we adults to live the right kind of lives, lives that are holy, righteous, and just, so our children don't end up bearing the weight and the brunt of our sin. Can I just ask you tonight, do you want your offspring and the spawn of your lineage to end up suffering the effects of your sin? But friend, I believe tonight with all my heart that the future of my children my generational offspring and the heritage of my own life greatly depends upon whether or not I repent. Whether or not I get right and stay right with God and whether or not we see genuine revival in our world. Today, I'm not saying that that generational curse can't be broken because everyone ultimately is responsible for their own decisions. Amen. I'm just saying that biblically speaking, my sin will have a direct bearing and influence upon the lives not only of my kids, but my grandkids and my great-grandkids. 
God forbid that my kids will be forced to suffer because I wasn't willing to repent. And God forbid that I would stand before uh, God one day and I'd have the blood of my babies dripping off of my hands. But how many adults in our world today are going to stand before God one day? Amen. This generation, amen, that, 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 that will uh, prefer self at whatever cost even at the expense of their own kids. They'll choose their drugs and their alcohol and their sinful pleasures over the basic needs of food and shelter and clothing. Y'all know I'm telling the truth tonight. Well, I believe the blood of their kids is going to be dripping off their hands one day. Uh, you know what Jesus said in Matthew 18? And y'all just get ready because you're going to hear this twice. <laughs> but I think we need to hear it probably ten times. Matthew 18, at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble, humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And who shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me? But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life, halt, or maim, rather than having two hands, two feet, to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye, rather than having two eyes, to be cast into hell fire. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always Behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. I'll tell you, that, that right there is a, is a very precious verse of Scripture, especially for those such as myself who know what it is to lose a child because according to the psalmist, uh, that the faces of their little ones, or excuse me, their angels or their spirits, always behold the face of my Father. Which Isn't that a wonderful promise? Uh, that may not mean much to you, but it does me. But listen, I think about David. Not only did David's child, but also his entire family ended up suffering the consequential effects and punishments of his sin. Nathan confronted David over his sin. The king pronounced, and you can study it in the book of 1 Samuel, uh, amen. The king pronounced a fourfold judgment down upon his own life and family because of his sin. God told David uh, that the sword would never depart from his house. God forgave David, but yet David's family ended up suffering the consequences of David's sin. David lived to see the judgment of God fall on the lives of his children. He ended up having to watch and witness the fourfold judgment that he pronounced on his offspring play out, not on him, but in upon the lives of his own children, not for their own sin, but because of their father's sin. And in Psalm 51, in his great psalm of repentance, David said it like this, My sin is ever before me. 
You say, preacher, can you prove that happened? Oh, it happened fourfold, just as the prophet predicted it would. The first unborn child David conceived with Bathsheba died. Amnon, another son of David, raped his sister Tamar. And then Absalom, the youngest son of David, killed Amnon. There's twofold. Absalom rebelled against David and ended up losing his life on the battlefield, hanging from a tree. There's threefold. Adonijah rebelled against Solomon, and Solomon ended up having his own brother killed so he could inherit his father's throne. Fourfold judgment fulfilled, and at least three, if not all four, folds were fulfilled while the king was still. Can you imagine? And again, David was a man after God's own heart. But yet he lived to see uh, the judgment that he himself pronounced on his children. Fulfilled right before his eyes in the lives of those he loved the most. It's not only the pattern in David's life. How about Pharaoh? Pharaoh ordered the death of the Hebrew firstborn. All of the firstborn of Egypt ended up dying by the way of the death angel. Again, Pharaoh ordered the death of the Hebrew firstborn. Well then, amen, uh, God turned the tables and allowed all the firstborn of Egypt to die because of Pharaoh's sin. And under the reign of Manasseh, many of the children of Judah were offered up as sacrifices in the valley of Hinnom under the false god Moloch, whose bronze hands were heated up. The children were laid upon the scorching hot hands of the idol, and they basically fried to death as an offering unto some pagan god. In doing so, Manasseh pronounced judgment upon himself and upon the future generations of children that would be born and end up suffering not for their own sin, but for the wicked sins of their parents. Well, in America, we've slaughtered six million babies over the last 50 years. Amen? In the name of what? Women's rights. Now, the most recent nominee in the Supreme Court can't even define what a woman is. And female athletes are suffering because we're letting biological males compete in sports by identifying themselves as females. Our children are being abused right before our eyes as we are allowing the LGBT movement and perverted forms of sexuality to be shoved right down their throats even at the age of kindergarten. At Disney World, employees can be fired for using terms that assign basic gender roles to male and female people. America has been accumulating a tab for many years. Soon the debt's going to come uh, due and somebody's got to have to pay for the sins of America. And sad to say, my babies are going to be the ones that eat the debt. Right now, the innocent women, children, and senior citizens of Ukraine are being mercilessly slaughtered by the Russians in ways not seen since the Holocaust. And you know I'm telling you the truth. The Russians are using portable crematories to incinerate the bodies of the victims. Proper burials are not taking place and mass graves are being found all over the nation. Is this a warning for America? Could this be a preview of things to come in our own land? 
and upon our own children if we don't repent and if real revival does not take place. Remember, Judah had an example to look at in her own people to the north, Israel. And what happened to Israel ultimately happened in Judah as well. Could what we see going on in Ukraine be a foreshadowing of things that you and I cannot even fathom occurring? What? And I know there's no way for us, there is no way for us to fathom it because it is, it's almost like um, a science fiction world does. That the kind of things taking place in Ukraine right now could one day, maybe sooner than we realize, happen right here in America. Amen? But my question tonight is what will America be remembered for? Liberation or condemnation? Amen. Uh, amen. The, the, uh, the sacrifices of our forefathers, or could it be that we'll be remembered for the sacrifices of our infants and our own offspring? Well, wasn't that a pleasant message? Amen. And I hope y'all understand, I mean, you know, I do almost feel guilty coming to the pulpit with this kind of sobering message. But friend, I'm telling you, if things don't change, and I'm talking sooner than what we realize, we may be very well on the brink of seeing, again, we're talking about... Um, What's the word y'all used? A convergence and a, uh, a shift. Amen. Not just taking place globally, but nationally here in America. And that shift, for us at least, may not be very pleasant to our eyes. Or very, may not taste good to our lips. Let's all stand tonight and we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, I love you and, and God... Um, I'm sure that, uh, that these thoughts haven't been any more pleasant to receive as they were to prepare. But Lord, I thank you for shaking me up today in my study. Uh, Lord, as I consider the prophecies here of Jeremiah chapter number 16. And Lord, I pray that if uh, nothing else would motivate us to, uh, to examine ourselves and uh, Lord, be, be willing to make the right choice as it relates to our own sins. And regarding the truth of the living God, I pray that the future and the fate of our children and future generations would motivate us to stand up and be willing to do whatever we have to do to repent and to see true revival, not just for our own sake, but most of all, for the sake of our children. Lord, I love you and I thank you for these who have come tonight. I pray that somehow they might have received a blessing through this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed. You want to talk on it? Hello. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't mean to pop you in there. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello.